The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I want to thank all of you for tuning in this week. We have a wonderful show in store for you, but before we begin, I want to remind you that we are also holding our annual prophetic gathering of the saints this December 31st right here in San Antonio, Texas, at Freedom Fellowship Church. So, if God is leading you to come and join us for that, then you want to get registered right away. We have limited seating. So, you need to go to our website, sogmi.org events, and sign up for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints 2019. It's $25 per person. You don't want to miss it because we're going to be ushering in the new year, and God's already given us the theme for the conference and the theme this year is that we are going to have 2020 vision in 2020 and lord knows we could use that in 2020 amen and god is truly doing so many miraculous and wonderful things so again if you want to register for this conference and i'm telling you you do not want to miss it then you need to go to our website sogmi.org/events and register for the prophetic gathering of the saints And so this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we've been believing, and maybe you've been believing, God's been saying for years now that capitalization is coming, that manifestations are coming, that the body of Christ is going to move into a place of influence, affluence, and financial prosperity. And maybe you've been praying to God for financial prosperity. Maybe you've been praying to God about financial independence. Maybe you don't like your job, but you keep doing it because you want to provide for your family. Or maybe you just don't enjoy the situation that you're in right now. Well, I want to talk about doing business God's way here on the radio program today. In addition, it applies to every area of our life. So if you're believing God to become an owner of a company, well, we have to be faithful in being an employee for another company, right? And that's what we're talking about a little bit today. But first and foremost, the most important thing when you're believing God to help you provide for your financial needs, when you're believing God to move into a place of prosperity, we always have to remember that it's going to be for God's glory. It's going to be for our benefit and the benefit of God's people. I want to start with this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and it starts with verse 17. It says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. And it comes with a warning. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. 
Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. And how many Christians fall into this trap to where they've been praying and asking for prosperity, financial independence, and as soon as they get what they've been praying for, what they've been believing for, then they go off and they do their own thing. They're not seen around the church anymore. They're not fasting and praying anymore. They're not trusting in God anymore because they suddenly have shifted into believing in their own strength and their own ability. We saw in the scriptures how this happened with King Saul, right? Samuel said to Saul, though you once saw yourself as humble in your own eyes, but after he became king, he thought very highly of himself and he became arrogant. He would erect memorials in his own honor rather than in God's honor. He would be very flippant about the word of the Lord that gets released, prophetic words that get released, instructions of God that get released. This is why God replaced Saul. Because God would give Saul an instruction. He instructed Saul when he went out to attack one of Israel's enemies. He said not to take any of the cattle, not to take any of the sheep, but the other riches you could take, but to put to death all the cattle, put to death all of those other things. And what did Saul do? He took the best of the sheep. He took the best of the cattle. Because you have to understand, this isn't just a couple cattle and a couple sheep. This is an entire tribe. So this is all of their resources. So he had stumbled upon something that was actually worth a lot. But God said, do not partake of it. And what did Saul do? Well, you know, we could really use it because we have to do these sacrificial offerings to God every week. Oh, we got to do these sacrificial offerings to God all the time. It's a big drain on resources. So God, I'm just setting aside these extra cattle so that we can do more offerings and more sacrifices for you. See, Saul was being practical. Saul was doing something that made sense. But what did Samuel said? Does God delight more in burnt offerings and sacrifices over obedience to his commands? And we know the answer to that. God always prefers our humble obedience, our willingness to follow him over any kind of offering, over any kind of tithe, any kind of sacrifice. He will always prefer our obedience. And some Christians, well, they think, well, I tithe and I give a good tithe. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to follow and obey his commands. Amen. But many of us, and I know many of you, maybe you're not at that point. You're like, well, I don't even have enough money to give a good tithe. So we have to understand is that the way the kingdom of God works is that if we're faithful where we're at right now, and we're productive where we're at right now, then God can entrust us with more. Because we have to understand Christians as employees, maybe you're believing for your own business, but Christians as employees, we have to be faithful, profitable, efficient, hardworking employees. Because you have to understand that any business that hires any employees, every employee is an investment. Because why do companies hire new employees? Well, sometimes it's to be able to handle more clients, more customers. Sometimes it's to be able to produce more product. Sometimes it's to be able to handle the volume of stuff that they're dealing with. But it's always underlying because they want to be able to increase the margins of income. They want to be able to increase the company's income. So you might wonder, okay, so every time an employer is paying you, 
That's an investment, and they want to have a return on their investment. And we have to produce enough work that makes hiring us worth it, because if they're paying somebody $20 an hour and that worker doesn't produce $20 an hour or more, they're actually losing money on that worker. But the interesting thing is that, so if you're working for $20 an hour, $40 an hour, you might think, okay, well, this company's investing $20 an hour, $40 an hour in me. And if you work full time, say $20 an hour, your annual revenue might be somewhere around $40,000 or $41,000. And you might think, okay, this is how much my boss is investing in me. However, that's actually not true, because if any of you have ever owned a business and hired employees, you know that there's a lot of hidden costs in hiring an employee. They've got to pay taxes, Social Security, Medicare, sometimes FICA. They've got to pay workers' comp, and workers' comp gets kind of expensive, especially if they're doing physical labor or working with heavy machinery. They've got to get liability insurance for all of their employees. Sometimes when you work at a larger company, then they also contribute to your 401k. Some companies even give health insurance, dental insurance, life insurance, long-term disability insurance. Those things aren't free. Other companies, they'll pay for your travel, your hotel, your meals, fuel reimbursement. And you can't forget things like supplies, equipment, training, office facilities, because every office facility, they charge you per square foot. And you've got to add at least, you know, 100, 200 square feet for each employee. And also more employees mean you need more meeting rooms. More employees means you need more bathrooms, conference centers. So every employee adds to all those costs. In addition, you've got sometimes paid vacation time. You get paid sick leave. You've got holidays. So you're not working the whole year. So... That means that, for example, if your annual wage is somewhere around 40000 or 41000 the annual cost to the company can be as much as $58,000 a year. That's an additional like $17,000 on top of your wage. That's a 41% increase. And, you know, it varies widely on the industry. You know, sometimes the increase of cost might only be 15% or 20% on top of the wage. Sometimes it's up to 50% on top of the wage. It really depends. But understand, so if you're making $41,000 and the company's paying a total of $58,000 on top of all those other expenses that I had mentioned, that's their annual investment in you. And if you're not producing the amount that they're spending or more, then you're a drain of resources on the company. But the thing is, is that so if just to break even, you've got to produce $51,000, $52,000 annually, anybody who's invested in anything knows that you don't invest in something to break even. You actually need a return on that. And that means that we as Christians, we have to develop a reputation that is honorable to God. The scripture tells us, in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through them. So every single thing that we do needs to be done in a way that gives honor and glory to God. And if we as employees, if we're not productive, if we're wasting company resources, if we're not producing a profit for the company, that is not something that is honorable to God. And you'll sometimes hear people complain. They might say, oh, well, you know, I made that company rich. I built that company. Oh, they're just taking advantage of me. They're making money off of me. That's all that they're doing. 
and they're collecting all the resources. Well, yes, they invested money in you and they're expecting a return. That's why you were hired in the first place. Because you have to understand if we as employees, as Christians, if we're always complaining, if we're always upset, if we're not productive, what kind of reputation does that give the children of God? You see, the kind of reputation that Christians ought to have is that they are the most efficient, hardest working, most trustworthy, honorable employees that you could ever have. That employers should be fighting over hiring Christians because they should know hey, if you hire a group of Christians, they are going to be so efficient, they are going to be so hardworking, they are going to produce so much revenue for your company that you will be so grateful that you hired them. Can you imagine if that's the kind of reputation that we as Christians have? Because that is a reputation that is honorable to God. So why am I talking about this, though? Because many of you, you might be believing, well, I want my own business, I want to be financially independent, or I want to be financially prosperous. Well, that all comes down to this verse here in Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 10. It says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And this is the important part right here that I want you to listen to. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? You see, when you are working for somebody else, for some company, you have been entrusted with some of their property. They have invested some of their financial wealth into you. And if you have not been prosperous, if you have not been productive with that property that's given to you, God will not see you as trustworthy with a property of your own. If we aren't good employees, we are not going to be good employers. And that's the way that God sees it. Okay, I want to say that again. If you're not a good employee, then God is not going to trust you to be a good employer. We have to start where we are right now. We have to be trustworthy. And the cool thing is that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. So sometimes you might come across a problem that you don't really know how to fix for the company. But we can ask God, hey, God, how do I handle this situation? He'll give you so much wisdom and so much understanding. Now, we know in Christ Jesus, he echoes this same exact principle. You know, in Matthew 25, he tells the parable of the talents. And he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. So it's not just the end times. It's the kingdom of heaven is the way the kingdom of our God operates. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another he gave one talent, to each of them according to his own ability. And he immediately went off on a journey. Now those of you who might be familiar with the story, well, what happened? The servant with five talents he went out and he traded with them and invested with them, and he was able to produce five more talents. He doubled his master's investment. The second servant, who had two talents, did the same, and he produced two more. He doubled his employer's investment. And the last servant, what did he do? Well, he buried the talent and did nothing with it. So, to those of the servants that produced, those of them that were productive with what was given to them, what did the master say to them? In verse 21, it says, His Lord said to him, Well done, 
good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And see, God has been saying, right, that Christians are going to move into a place of influence, affluence, prosperity, wealth. God desires that Christians would rule over industries, financial industries, banking industries, the political industry, the media industry. God desires that Christians would be in prominent places in every one of those industries. It's like the children of Israel, right, heading out to the promised land. They were moving from a place of slavery to a place of influence and affluence because the promised land was a place with prosperity. They said it was a land flowing with milk and honey, the sweet things of life. You'll always have whatever you need. And they established the nation of Israel, just like we are going to establish the kingdom of God. So God is sending you to your promised land. And if you're faithful in the little things, then he's going to make you ruler over many things. So if you are really believing that you're going to have your own business, if you're really believing that you're going to be prosperous in your future, be faithful in the things that you have right now. And the scripture says, enter into the joy of your Lord. When we're faithful in the things that God gives us and the opportunity God gives us, that's really where the joy comes from. There's joy in obeying God. There is joy in taking what God has given you and producing with it. But what happened to the one servant who buried the talent, who did not do anything with what was given him? Why did he bury the talent in the first place? In Matthew 25, verse 24, it says, Then the one who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there is what is yours. So what is this servant's perception of his master? You reap where you have not sown, and you gather where you have not scattered seed. What is he telling his master? Oh, you're just making money off of the work of us, right? You're reaping the rewards of other people's labor. That's what he's saying. And that was his perception. So he said, here, I buried it, and now here's what's yours. Have it back. So what did the master say after this? He called them a wicked and slothful servant. And then he said in verse 29, For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. He called him a wicked and a slothful servant. And he said, Take away the one talent from this wicked and lazy servant and give it to the one who produced more. And then the master said, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's a place where there's regret. That's a place where there's torment. And it's interesting because there's two versions of this story, and the other version, I believe, is in Luke. Because for the servant that didn't produce with what was given to him, in Luke it says that he was cast outside in darkness where there were the tormentors are. And there's a weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I want you to think about those who speak in this fashion, who speak in this manner, well, they're just making money off the backs of us hardworking people. And even though, right, they're taking resources from their company, 
and they say, oh, they're just taking advantage of me, and they're always complaining, and they're always assigning blame to others. I want you to think about those people, and they're always miserable. They're always living in regret. They're always living in bitterness. They're always gnashing their teeth. See, because when you take what has been given you and you produce with it, that's where you enter into the joy of the Lord. And when you squander and when you waste the opportunities given you, that is where there's regret. That is where there's bitterness, torment, and sorrow. So I really encourage you. We have to take what God has given us and we have to produce with it. We have to be faithful where we are right now. And if we're faithful where we are right now, that's when you're going to start to see breakthrough in your life. Because I want to remind you, and I'm probably going to talk about this later on, I want to remind you of Joseph and Jacob. You know, maybe you don't like your job right now. Maybe you don't even like your boss. And you know, in the scripture, there's actually people that didn't like their job. Did you know? I want you to think about Joseph, who was the favorite son of his father, and he was forced into slavery. Now, do you think Joseph enjoyed being a slave? Do you think he enjoyed being forced to work for a man that he did not even choose? <laughs> no, of course not. But Joseph was the most productive, he was the most efficient, hardworking, resourceful slave that Potiphar had in his house. It says in Genesis 39, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. This is the kind of example we as Christians have to live. It says the blessing of the Lord was on Potiphar's entire house because of Joseph. See, the company that you're at, that company needs to be blessed because you're there. That company needs to become more prosperous because you're there. That company needs to become more profitable because you're there. Because the blessing of God is supposed to follow us. And not only that, it's supposed to be so evident that we are honorable, that we are respectable, that we are hardworking, that we're efficient, that even our employers would recognize that, hey, I'm blessed because of this person is working for me. Not only that, it says that Potiphar left everything in Joseph's care, and anything that was in Joseph's care, Potiphar did not concern himself with. Why? Because he knew, hey, if Joseph is taking care of it, I don't have to worry about it. Because anything that Joseph does, it's always excellent. Everything that Joseph does, it's always perfect and amazing. It's always productive. That's the kind of reputation we as Christians are supposed to have, that anything that's entrusted into your care, it will always be blessed. It will always be prosperous. It always be above and beyond their expectations. And we know that that was not how Joseph's story ends. Joseph went from slave to prisoner until God opened the door for him to become the second most powerful man in the entire world. But Joseph was faithful, even as a slave. And like I said before, you think he enjoyed being a slave? You think he enjoyed it when his brothers captured him and threw him into slavery? No, he didn't. So, in a way, I think we have it a little bit better off than Joseph did. You might not enjoy your job, but at least you're getting paid for it.
So, let us be faithful and honorable with where we are now. And let us take everything that's been entrusted into our care and be the best, most efficient workers. And if we do that, then as we've been faithful with someone else's property, then God is going to give you property of your own. But it starts where we're at now, being faithful with what we've been given. Amen. So we are about out of time for this week, and I hope this has blessed you so much and you are able to begin implementing it into your life. Before we go, I want to remind you that we're supported by listeners just like you. So if you're enjoying this broadcast and you really, it's touching your life, then I encourage you to donate to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time to Sons of God Ministries International on our website. Go to our website, SOGMI.org slash donate. Again, that is SOGMI.org slash donate. And lastly, do not forget about the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints this December 31st. You do not want to miss it. You can go to our website, SOGMI.org slash events, and register online for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints. So I want to bless all of you, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas, 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.